Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Pull List, where we occasionally talk about comics, movies, sometimes TV shows, or video games. I'm your host, Lex Wilridge, along with my buddy Murph, and each week you can catch us rambling on about all of your favorite topics. If you enjoy this podcast, think about subscribing and reviewing on any platform that you're active on. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 15 of the Wednesday Pull List. I am one half of the equation. My name is Lex, along here with my buddy. That's your cue? Oh, that's me. I'm the C in this equation. Murph. Hmm. <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, addition to it. I, as, Ooh, I said, addition. as I mentioned before, <clears throat> whoa, this episode is going to be about our favorite underrated movies. And before we get into catching up with Murph, uh, just this episode, we're going to let Murph kind of take it away and I'm going to interject and make fun of his list. And I have a few that I'm going to probably drop in, in between. But last week, you know, obviously I mentioned during the episode that I got kind of flustered because I thought we were just doing like three, three, what was it, TV shows a piece? And then these fools hit me with a list of like 55 TV shows that they've watched. We, we uh, we got a little so passion. And then this week, uh, I mean, I just feel like I've been under-preparing for these. So next week, I'm going to be 100% ready to go. I'm going to get my lab coat out, and I'm going to really dissect the topic for next week. Mm, but this, dude, because, you this, are. because this week is the same thing. I I, got, yeah, I had like five movies that I was going to talk about. And then every, day, every time we record, you know, we kind of get together beforehand, and Murph sends me his list. And it was a list, it was like a 13-page list today of underrated movies that he's enjoyed in his life. So, yeah, I'm not even going to try to attempt to, to narrate through that list. I'm just going to let him have it, and and I'll just kind of be the peanut gallery, which will be fun. Okay. What? As long as you keep these, like, you're doing good with these words, like, Dissect, put my lab coat on and dissect. I'm happy. Like, that's just how I talk. I mean, I know it is, but it just sounds so good tonight. It sounds so juicy. It's so weird. So, right, we usually catch up. So, what's up, man? Um, well, since uh, everybody listened last week, apparently they all think that I have the Peter Parker haircut from Spider Man 3. Um, you will all be glad to know that A, I didn't have the Peter Pan, Peter Pan, Peter Parker haircut. I had. Um, just a normal dude haircut that was slicked back, but I've since cut it, not because of that. (laughs) I didn't cut it because I was self-conscious. I just decided, you know what? It was getting kind of hard to like style. I have a job that I kind of need to have a little bit professional haircut. So how are you working with that haircut? What were, what were they saying at your job? Like nice. (laughs) No, I was wearing a hat, but actually after I cut it, my boss was like, she was like, man, I liked your hair long. And I was like, dang it here the whole time. I thought I was going to be getting in trouble. So I was just, you know, balling it up and throwing a hat on. Jeez, that's weird. Also, you've and been uh, you've been in the Twitch realm for a, a good amount of time. You put in some hours, but you've been getting frustrated with the the etiquette. So, that's yeah. Cool. Should we talk about that for a second? We can talk about it for a second. Sure. So Twitchites, I'm new to this. Apparently, if someone's just chilling, you're not supposed to address them and say "Hey," because they're apparently lurking. Or yeah, what I used to not, The thing is, if they're not in the chat at all, like if they haven't even like made themselves 
yeah, think about it like if you were in a crowd of people and there's just someone just kind of hanging out, like maybe enjoying the conversation or doing their own thing, you're going to be like, hey, you. Like if, or say you're a comedian, right? And there's just people in the crowd just watching. They don't want to be part of the show. They don't want to even be acknowledged. But you're just like, hey, you over there. I need you to come over here and talk to me. That person's probably going to feel super uncomfortable, man. Well, here's the thing, man. I don't know if it's just a Southern thing, but like when I pass people in the hallways or like I pass people, if it's like close enough or it's intimate enough, I'll say, hey. And I feel like even though they're sitting at their computer screen or their phone or their tablet or whatever smart device they're at, they're still close to me because they're watching me. So I feel like I got to say, hey, otherwise I feel awkward. So if I see them viewing and I see their name, I want to be like, yo, Twin Diller 75 or hey, Archaic Full 99. Like, what's up? Even though they're not. That's why you don't look at, that's like, why you don't look at that stuff. Hey, I see you. you. Think, about, think about the demographic of people that go on Twitch to watch videos. They're probably really, really I, introverted. Weirdos? Not weirdos, man. They're probably weirdos. They probably don't like attention. You know, introverts don't like to be called up. They don't like the spotlight on them. So that's, that's a funny way. concept. It's people on Twitch life. don't want attention. Not people viewing. The people like the not everyone that is on Twitch is someone that streams. There's a lot of people on Twitch that just watch. It's a, I just like to sit back and watch. People, that's what you're doing. That you're entertaining. It's not wow, man. You really, you're not getting it at all. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I get what you're saying. I get it. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. I get it. I get what you're saying. It's just like anything else. I just got to figure out all the little do's and don'ts and the taboos and the. You just got to pretend you know, you're a show host, man, like Conan O'Brien. That guy's, hey, that guy's hilarious. So I can just hold up a magical string and cut it. I'd love to see him on Twitch. He'd be hilarious. He's so funny. He gets the shaft on the night shows, dude. I don't know. I think it's the night show's hilarious. I watch it. It is, but I feel like he doesn't get the limelight like mainstream like these other guys that may or may not be as good. Like Jimmy Fallon? I mean, yeah. I, like I mean, Jimmy Fallon's kind of funny. I like Jimmy Fallon. But I mean, I just feel like Conan deserves a chance to be like mainstream. Oh, he's hilarious. He's, he's great. And he's really, he's really fucking tall, dude. Yeah, he's pretty tall. I've never met him, but. I've seen him stand next to people. Yeah, he's fucking tall. Well, that that got weird. We just Professor yeah. loved hey, to, to go. Uh, in other news, oh, God. what is that? A Celsius? Is this a, dude? Come on, man! Spoiler alert, dude. Let me like ex- tell people about it before you just ruin it. Yes, okay. Next next section. Yeah, it's a Celsius <laughs> sparkling orange. Um, I recommend you guys get this. It's a lot better than the cancer sticks that we were drinking before. I think Lex is still drinking Red Bull. So if you're no, still drinking just, Red Bull, uh, I, make, I love you. Shout out. No, I make green tea before we do these. I've like, just I've been doing that. Sloan Dog, put that monster down. I know you're drinking one probably. Disgusting. Monster. Go to Celsius. Those are intense. Yeah. They in, turn you into a monster. In other news, Murph is still having technical difficulties with uh, his extreme setup that he purchased. You want to you want to vent on that for a little bit? We were I don't feel like I was venting. I feel like we were having a good time, and then you had to go and bring that up. I mean, I just want you to get all so, the all the deep seated negativity out of you, so you can talk about all I, of your favorite uh, underrated shows with the vigor of like an excited schoolboy. 
Oh, I'm excited about those shows. So am I the really that guy? Am I the negative guy on the podcast? You're not the negative guy. I just know you personally. <laughs> so <laughs> so now everyone, if they thought I was negative, now they for sure confirmed it by you saying you know me personally. Folks, say, I'm not negative. I wouldn't say negative. I would say you stress out, really. I would say kind of uh, anxious would be the word that I would use. Yeah, anxious is a really good word. Not, not, not. To not describe me. They're not negative, but definitely high strung. Yeah, I'm using my tablet, but I got I got an actual headset on now, so Lex has assured me that it sounds better. I listened to last week's episode, and when I was listening, you could I could just tell because I was I had my you know I was using the phone, so I could tell as I was closer to the phone or farther away because I don't want to be touching it because it would you know the the reverb on that ooh big word you yeah. would hear it so. I could tell there were times like if I was maybe leaning back in my chair or something. So just super professional stuff here, folks. Last week was Uh, weird because there was three different volumes, three different ways to record. I think uh, Tyler was using his headset. You were using the phone. He had to like pedal like the bicycle out on his farm to charge up his solar panels to boost. (laughs) I think he was in the city when he recorded. I think. Was he in the city? Oh, my bad. My bad, white man. Whoops. I think he was. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Murph got a bunch of equipment and he's just jumbling wires around for weeks trying to figure it out. The thing is, it works on my PS when I, I have a PlayStation 4 and when I stream on Twitch at Wednesday Pull, it it works just fine, dude. I use the same headset, I mute the mic, and I have the nice professional DJ Joe Rogan speaker. Yeah. And everybody says it looks good. I got a green screen. I mean... Yeah, your toast, Lex, your toast professor. Lex is uh, working, working things. Lex working magic in the background. Uh, so shout out to him; he's doing a really good job with all that. Yeah, I'm no. just there. It's only I'm like the training wheel. <laughs> Real stuff. But you guys, come I spent out. like yeah, I spent like an hour today doing like uh, designing like the panels and everything. I was like, oh, I could pay for this. What am I doing? Hey, man, but that stuff goes a long way. Someone will see that and be like, hey, you did such a good job. And I'll be like, I know. Thanks. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So do you want to just dive right in? So we're going B-rated movies. Do you have guidelines for this? What are you, so, are you going off of box office? Are you going off Rotten Tomatoes? Are you going off big name studios? What do you what, so give I, the give the give the folks some uh, some some context when, when we sat down to do this i really had to think for me at least because again right this is this is our opinion right like there's b movies out there that everyone could say hey that's an underrated b movie it's good but we all know like for example um I, this isn't one on me but like blair witch project everybody loved that movie would you could i would consider that a b-roll underrated movie right like initially or is that not Mm, I don't. I wouldn't consider that B. I would. I would consider that movie overrated. But it did so. Okay. So scratch everything I just said. What, what I was <laughs> thinking about was uh, some of these. I was thinking about Rotten, Rotten Tomato score just because that's a big deal for people. Like to me, it's not. Like somebody can tell me a movie's good, and if I trust that person and see Rotten Tomato score of thirty, I'll go watch it because again, this is people's critics are people's opinions, right? Like, yeah. In terms of Rotten Tomatoes, just to say this before we get started, I I do look at Rotten Tomatoes before I I watch a movie, and I generally, well, you know, pay attention to that score. It's not I'm not someone that takes it you know completely to heart, 
but I do think it's usually a pretty accurate score because it is a like a consensus of a bunch of different critics. Yeah. And then they they also have like an audience score. So you actually take people that seen the movie and then you can see a consensus of a ton of people. So it's usually pretty right. But there are, there are movies that I can see why they are critiqued that way, but I've enjoyed. Like, uh, for example, Venom. Actually, Venom was like a surprise box office hit. There was a lot. I think it got what? A, did it get a 70 or 80 on? It was in the high 70s or low 80s. Yeah, but it, I thought it was—I thought it was an enjoyable movie. And I'm usually really harsh on comic book movies, but I enjoyed it. Like it was a decent watch. I would watch it again. That's almost—that's almost. That's almost but like, I get what. But I, go ahead. I'm just saying that's like refreshing when that happens because you—you see, like I remember seeing the trailer, and I don't think we talked about this. I was kind of like, it looks good. I'm just—we couldn't explain what it was. We were just a little nervous about it, and then it turned out so far. Yeah, I haven't yet to see it. Believe it or not, that's like the yeah. la- only comic book movie I haven't seen right now. Um, on the Mars. So they got a robot. I know. I just haven't had a chance to get down and watch it. I, I definitely wish there was a better Venom movie. I, I will say that, but I enjoy. It was a fun movie, and it, it was a movie that started out bad, like you would expect it, and then it got fun. So I was like, "Oh, okay, this is okay." And, but I get what you're saying, though. Like you said, it's a B movie. That wasn't very. I mean, that wasn't very a very good example because it still did really good. But that's it's, okay. An right? 80 isn't a bad score. That's okay because but then an 80 isn't a bad score. Right. Critics didn't murder it, and then it is a box office hit. So it's but so like a B, a B movie that I really enjoy. That at the time critics hated it, and then even now, it's not that people don't say it's that good. There's a movie that came out in the early 90s, mid 90s, called So uh, what's it called? The so I married an axe murderer. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. It's with Chris Rock. It Mike, Mike Myers. Mike Myers. No, it was with Mike Myers. Yeah. It got panned, and I rewatched it recently it's after funny. we started talking about. But it's hilarious. But it's very '90s, and it's not for everybody. Like I could see how someone would watch this and be like, "Man, this movie sucked." But I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've seen that movie. It's so it, super funny. So it's like it's personal preference like if you can you can get something out of a movie that other people can't but here's the thing would you agree that some movies over time have become more popular than they were when they first came out yeah and i would still say i, hate to, I would still say that when i it have another out, I, have, I have an example about that i mean okay hit me with it i know i, I know i said i was gonna let you do your list and now i'm over here just dropping all these <laughs> dropping all these movies but the shining came out in 1980 mm-hmm. and it was that it was totally panned. Like no one, they said it was it was off to a slow start. Uh, the critics said the pacing was really bad. It was nominated for worst actress and worst director in the first ever Razzies awards. And then you know, as time went off, that went on, and people started watching it, it actually became like a commercial success. And now it's rated among the best horror films of all time. Right. So I still say that that's an underrated slash B. I would consider that underrated slash B roll because of how it was per- the perception upon release. Right. We can't anything become can be good or bad over time. Like the Gettysburg Address, the speech that Abraham Lincoln gave is like one of the greatest speeches ever. But he has been said to have told people like no one will remember this speech. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's that's yeah. kind of the premise I was using. That's a perfect example of the two of the movie you just you just used. That's a perfect example because yeah. that's kind of how I looked at it. I looked at um, 
course, I'm going to include Rotten Tomato scores. I'm going to um, I'm going to look at some. I looked at some of the budgets, like what the movie cost to make plus what it made. That kind of tells you too, right? Like, really, that movie only made that much at the box office. I love that movie kind of thing. So, um, God, The Shining. That was such a that's a that's a good one. I didn't even think of that. It's a creepy movie, and it, you know, if you watched it now without knowing how bad it was rated, you would think you know it's a Stephen King movie. It's got Jack in it. It's how could this be a B movie? But it really it was. Mm. You know, it was at the time. I agree. Okay, so good. so go ahead. What's your, what's your thing? I, didn't up, I didn't look up the Razzies. I should have looked up to see if any of these movies were nominated. Maybe you could check a few. I'll go. I don't know. Intern. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe. So this is no particular order, um, like least favorite to most favorite, vice versa. So the first one I got here, though, is Bowfinger in 1999. The Eddie Murphy movie? Yes. And Steve Martin? Yep, Steve Martin. Eddie Steve Martin. Martin was in that? Yeah, it was one of Heather Graham's big movies, 1999. Oh, Heather Graham was hot. Yeah. So the premise of this yeah, movie, not. Bowfinger, is Martin. Steve Martin is a director. Well, he thinks he's a director. He's saved up a dollar a day since he decided he'd want to make a movie. And his production company has like $2,000 in it. And he wants to get Eddie Murphy. Um, Ramsey is his last name. I can't remember to make this sci-fi movie, but he's like, Steve Martin's not a serious actor. He doesn't take him serious. So he gets this lookalike named Kit Ramsey. that's also played by Eddie Murphy. And he's just a doofus. Well, the only, this Kit Ramsey guy doesn't know that they're, they're basically following they're filming all their scenes like in live action like there's a really famous scene where they have to cross the freeway and steve martin tells them that all these cars going down this los angeles freeway are stunt drivers and it's just a, it's a really really funny movie it's a great comedy um yeah uh the director is frank oz and you know who that is right no frank oz the voice of yoda uh, oh, directed nice. some Sesame Street, um, Death at a Funeral, Indian and a Cutboard. Yeah, so surprisingly, that you would think that the guy that's a big part of Sesame Street. Um, I like anything with uh, with Steve Martin, so I'm usually sold on anything. And that was one of the you know Eddie Murphy got into a phase of his career where he sold out. You know, he's doing Daddy Daycares and doing Disney movies and stuff. But Bowfinger was one of the ones that was actually still pretty good. Yeah, it was kind of one of his last funny movies, you know, that he did yeah. in the nineties. Um, I wasn't even a fan of Nutty Professor. Like the first Nutty Professor was good, but then it just got out of hand. Eighty percent. But then tomatoes. what? What got eighty percent? The Bowfinger, eighty percent. See, that's not a terrible score. No, it had a but, and you know what I think is when do they stop? Like before Rotten Tomatoes came out, did they go back and score all these movies? Or has Rotten Tomatoes been around? Yeah, I don't know the history. Rotten Tomatoes has been around for a while, um, but they probably went back for the older movies. So here's an interesting thing about this movie. So here's this will kind of help understand some of this number stuff if we talk about all of them. The budget for that movie was fifty five million dollars, nineteen ninety nine. Oh, it's a lot of Eighteen million on opening weekend, it made sixty-six million in the USA, ninety-eight million worldwide. So it made money. I guess it made about what eleven million dollars in the US. And yeah, they didn't make a terrible million. amount of money, but they still makes money for an Eddie Murphy movie. That's not a lot, but it was. It's that's low, yeah. It's so funny. If you guys haven't seen that movie, Bowfinger, go check it out. You're awesome. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, anything with Steve Martin, he's my favorite comedian of all time. Anything with Steve Martin in it, I'm I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be sold on it. So I agree with that one. That's a good one. So next I've got now this one, when I told you about it, you said that this one is not underrated, but maybe it's just a circle of people of a hang around or people I've talked to. A lot of people haven't seen this movie. Um, Crash 1996. A lot of people haven't seen that movie. That I thought you were talking about the other one, but and I, the other one that you're going to mention, I I take it back. It might have been underrated, but this one, no, Crash. You okay? So, drop some facts on me. Tell me why it's under Rotten Tomato score fifty eight percent. Nice. I didn't realize that. That's low, man. Right? Like, here's that's, the thing. that's pretty low. Thing won three Oscars in two thousand. Um, in 2000, that's what I'm saying. I said it, it won three Oscars. It won. I have a list of the awards that it won Best Picture, Writing Academy Award for Best Picture, it won the Skilled Actors Award for Outstanding Performance, it won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, Best Film Editing. I mean, it won a crap ton of awards. 58%, though. So that's what I'm saying. Why? It's a great movie, but it's a little underrated. I mean, according to the consensus of people on Rotten Tomatoes, it's not very good. You know, it's an okay movie. Yeah. So the director of that movie, and listen to this. Here's the director, Paul Haggis. Never heard of him, but you've heard of these movies. These are the movies he directed. The next three days. I've heard of Paul Haggis. Okay. I mean, the next three days in the Valley of Allah. The Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, shout out. Um, Quantum of Solace. Letters of Iwo Jima, he wrote the story for. He wrote the story for Casino Royale. He wrote the story for Flags of Our Fathers. Million Dollar Baby. Those are some really decent movies. The only reason I know Paul Haggis is because he was in that Scientology documentary on uh, on HBO. And he was, part, he was a Scientologist, but he broke free. And then I... Did, I did a little research on him. Maybe that movie, he used to... maybe Crash was while he was a Scientologist. That's why it wasn't so good. <laughs> maybe. So I mean, he, in his early early in his career, he wrote he wrote on he wrote on a diff, a bunch of different TV shows like uh, The Love Boat, Different Strokes, One Day at a Time, and The Facts of Life. He's an older guy, but I mean, dude, those yeah, are, he's got a... those are some big time movies that he's been a part of, and I can't believe those are some big time shows. Those are like the biggest shows in the eighties. I mean, and the movie was loaded, dude. Matt Dillon, Tony Dan. Keith David, we all- yeah, Fonde Newton was in it. Uh, Sandra Bullock, Don Cheadle. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good movie. Keith David, for all the all you out there, he does the voice of what's his name from Gargoyles. Uh, what's his name? The main main gargoyle. Goliath. Goliath. Yeah, thank you. But again, look at the box office. The budget was six and a half million. Made nine million open weekend, and it made fifty four million USA and ninety eight million worldwide. So it made about ninety three million dollars. I mean, I guess it made it made a good money. it made a good amount of money. That's a good amount of money, man. Just the fifty eight on Rotten Tomatoes, man. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder why. I wonder what their reasoning was. Not sure. See, that's what I need. If it's gonna have a score like that, I need the reasoning behind it. Well, maybe we can go look look some of these up. All right. Ready for the next one? Yeah, go ahead. You're gonna have to look this one up on Rotten Tomatoes, I guess. For some reason, my uh, I have the percentage sign with the RT next to it for Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't have the number. So while I'm giving the deets, look that up for me real quick. But Copland, 1997. I'm a big fan of cop movies. 
Um, and this is a really good cop. Like if you, you know, if you want to watch a good cop movie, Copland is a really good cop movie. Believe it or not, Sylvester Stallone's in it. And uh, he is, he's really, really good in this movie. 1997. Uh, it was, uh, it got a 74 on Rotten. That's not bad. That's not bad. And then, that's got a loaded cast. That's got... You ready for the cast? De Niro, Leo, Ray Liotta's in it, right? Ray Liotta, Sly, De Niro, Harvey Keitel, Peter Berg, Robert Patrick, Michael Rappaport, who is Scoggins from Deep Blue Sea. If you don't know who that is. I love Michael, I love Michael Roberts. John, John Spencer and Frank Vincent have basically been in every mob movie ever. And I think Frank Vincent's dead now. But anything like Sopranos, Casino, all those movies, those two guys have been in. You'd recognize Go look those people up if you haven't. Um, and by the way, all my statistics and most of my stuff I've gotten from IMBD. So I just wanted to not like plagiarize anybody. Yeah, Frank Vincent died September 2017. Yeah, yeah. you'd recognize him. But so this director, I'm a big fan of the director, James Mangold. Um, He directed and helped write Logan, Wolverine, Night and Day, which is, I I like Night and Day with Tom Cruise and um, what's her name? Something about Mary. Uh, Yeah, 310 to Yuma, Walk the Line. And he's a writer for the upcoming Boba Fett movie. So just to kind of put things in perspective, like he's been a part of some really good movies, man. And that movie's really good. Yeah, I've never seen Copland. I have to check, if you like cop movies and you haven't seen Copland, give it a whirl. It's a really good whodunit kind of mystery um, cop movie. So if the budget was $10 million, really small budget. Um, it made $13 million open weekend, $44 million. This is This one was weird. It made $44 million in the USA and only $18 million worldwide. So, but maybe the everybody else in the world doesn't care about American cops. Yeah, it's really weird because I I, I would imagine I've seen all Sylvester Stallone's movies, but I guess that one slipped past me in 1997. Yeah, he put on a bunch like, of weight for it. He put on like 40 pounds to be kind of a heavy, like, like rundown sheriff. It, it had to be like 11 or 12 in 1997. Yeah, I just like I like the cop movies. Okay, what else you got? Uh, the next one you. I don't know, for some reason, maybe I missed something on this one, but I have Iron Giant here, 1999. Yeah, I don't know why you have that on there. It's a 97% of Rotten Tomatoes, so I guess it's not underrated. Well, I mean, IMDb got it 8, eight out of 10, so that's pretty good. The total box office was $31 million. I don't know what the budget was. Oh, the budget was $60 million. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean... The budget, yeah, I've got sixty million as the budget, and it only made twenty three million USA. Well, I got yeah, I got thirty one million total. Yeah, um, I just think that at the time, like I did a little research on it, and the marketing was really bad for that movie at the time. But I, I feel like all the critics, it was amazing. I think it, it underperformed at the box office, obviously, but you know, it has a ninety six Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's just I think it was just ahead of its time, honestly. It's a big it's a big movie. And if you watch it now, it's not so much you know, because at the time animation movies weren't really coming out. Pixar they were all Pixar they, shout out hadn't really Well, they were all directed solely for kids and they were like silly kid movies. This one, if you remember it, it has a, some mature themes in it. It deals with nuclear war, it has I mean it deals with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. 
And so I just think underrated might be the wrong label for it. I think it just came out a little bit too soon. It um, as, as you like to say, it's a girl horse movie. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies for sure. You want to explain that concept for people that may not understand it? So it's like those typical movies that, you know, the girl finds a a wild horse or like a beat-up horse and then befriends it. And then it's the only – the horse only trusts that girl and then they go out to win all these races or they go out to become, you know, I don't know, many equestrian, you know – activities besides racing but they go out and do all these things together it's the same thing boy finds giant giant learns to trust boy same thing with bumblebee that just came out bumblebee came to earth met this girl only trust her it's just and then somebody tries to come and take the horse rinse, rinse and repeat yeah of course you don't want to know so i don't know i don't think it's underrated i think it might be underrated maybe people haven't seen it but I feel like people that are have anything to do with animation or have any appreciation for animation has seen The Iron Giant. Fun fact for you, Brad Bird, the director. He directed Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and Incredibles 2. Those are both good movies. Nah, those are both okay movies. You know who's in that? Jennifer Aniston's in that. Harry Connick Jr. and Vin Diesel plays The Iron Giant, for those of you who didn't know that. Yeah, he's really weird at playing... He, they really hired Vin Diesel to do these minuscule roles. I don't know why. Yeah, he's kind of a they he's him. kind of a big name. He played a tree in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he played. Well, I'm saying, yeah, and he doesn't really do anything in that movie. He just kind of grunts and says the same thing over and over. Yeah. Side note that I watched some of the making of that movie. Did you know that he recorded saying "I am Groot" in like 163 languages? Oh, yeah. I guess he would have to. Yeah. Dumb. So he can put it everywhere. Subtitles. Good for him, man. He's working. He probably got paid a crap ton of money to do that too. I just I wanted to hear Groot just go family. I wonder how much he got paid to do that. I need to look that up. I bet he got paid a good crap ton of money. Yeah, what I did there. Yes. Well, he was parlayed into because he was supposed to. The deal was he was going to do that, and it was going to parlay into a. A role, a lead role in the Inhumans movie. He was going to play Black Bolt, but they canceled that. It sucks for him. Yeah, they made a TV show that sucked hard. <laughs> okay, we digress. Look up how much he made. Yeah, I'm going to the next one. I'm skipping down from where you where you know I was. So here, this movie right here got this guy the role of. This movie got Daniel Craig the role of James Bond. Uh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Layer Cake in 2004. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, but a lot of people haven't seen this movie, and here's the thing about this movie. If you've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Longstock and Two Smoking Barrels or whatever, this movie is kind of a part of that um, universe. There was some, there's some stuff mentioned in that movie, the names and locations and events that link it. But none of the characters, there's no direct crossover, like there is more in Longstock and Snatch and everything. I said Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I meant Snatch. And... Um, Longstock and Smoking Barrels. Um, you're familiar with those two movies, right? Snatch and those are those are two of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. These are great. So Layer Cake's kind of involved in all that. Um, well, it's weird because I've never heard of Layer Cake. Oh my god, dude! So Daniel Craig is this cocaine like meth cook guy in Europe, but he's amazing. And basically, think instead of America, it's cartels over there, like the you know the big mafia Oso type people want him to cook for them. 
and they start kind of fighting for him. But he um, he's trying to like shyster all of them, and I say shyster because you know it's an English movie. But uh, kind of like it. Daniel Craig is amazing in that movie. Matthew Vaughn is the director. Um, he also directed Kingsman, X Men First Class, um, some couple of British movies there. Uh, Kick Ass, which was a good movie. I mean, it was decent. And then this movie started. Yeah, and then I got I got sto- spoiler alert on Stardust, um, but. Daniel Craig, Sienna Miller, Michael Gambon. Is Michael Gambon still alive? Mm, I'm not sure. He's a good English actor. So This is a movie called Stardust? No, no, no. Matthew Vaughn, the director of Layer Cake, directed a movie called Stardust that we'll get to here in a minute. Oh, okay. Um, so this is in Euros. The budget was 4 million in Euros or pounds or whatever. Opening weekend, it made... One million pounds. Listen to this. USA, opening weekend in America and a limited releasing, it made $81,000. Oh, wow. For the career of the movie, it made $2 million in the USA, and worldwide it made 11 million euros. Okay, it made 81000 on opening weekend, but it's 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, That's a good Rotten Tomatoes score for a movie that made 81000 opening weekend in America. Yeah, that's really weird. I, I again, I've never heard of this movie, so I guess I, I agree that it goes on the. It's it's really the list good. Of, if you like Snatch and Longstock, you'll like this movie. I'll check it out. I'm intrigued. You did my did you find before I go to the next one? Did you find Vin Diesel stuff? I don't want to jump into it. No, I, no, I didn't look it up. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I feel like we would have just went down another rabbit hole, so I just decided to keep it moving. Mm, rabbits okay so speaking of stardust stardust is the next movie on my list same director matthew vaughn the guy that i just talked about before all the movies he directed same guy this movie is actually loaded with people de niro ian mckellen charlie cox aka daredevil sienna miller henry mark strong peter o'toole jason fleming rupert everett claire danes and michelle pfeiffer Oh, my celebrity crush. So this movie is, I'm not embarrassed to say that I like it. I don't know what it is. It is a, it's a fairy tale action romance comedy thriller. You just had to put action and thriller in there so you didn't sound like a pansy. Yeah. It came out in 2007. <laughs> it got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you ever seen it? Hmm. No, never seen it. So, um, Charlie Cox, a.k.a. Daredevil, is the main character, and he's smitten by um, uh, Sienna Miller. But he gets a star falls out of the sky, and everyone's after the star. And he happens to meet her, and it's a woman, and it's um, Claire Danes. And then he eventually starts falling in love with Claire Danes. And then Robert Nero is this pirate that flies ships in the air and teaches him how to dance. Like, it's just, it's just an adventure. It's almost an Odyssey-like movie. Think of the story, the Odyssey. So Michelle yeah, yeah, that wants the star to stay young because she's getting old. It's it's a really good movie. The box, the budget was seventy million. Um, it struggled a little bit at the box office. Opening weekend was nine million, thirty million USA, and worldwide it did well, one hundred thirty five million. So it made money overseas. Hmm. Huh. You had never seen that. Never seen it, man. 
These are these sound like uh, decent movies. Yeah, Layer Cake and Stardust are. Would if don't watch the trailer for Stardust because if you watch it, you're gonna be like, "What? I'm not watching this movie." Just just watch. Okay, so a quick a quick movie that's kind of like that, uh, which I don't have a lot of facts on it because I just thought about it, but I really liked it, and I can see why people don't like it. It's not. I don't know. It's one of those things that I just enjoyed watching it. And it doesn't have like a crazy star to the cast. It was the movie called Snow White and the Huntsman. It had Kristen Stewart, uh, Charlie Theron, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Okay, that's who I was thinking of. I didn't, I didn't see it, but it looked like an action movie. It was like an action movie. I liked it a lot. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 48. I don't know what it did at the box office. I mean, I can probably... But yeah, I don't know what it did, but it, I it was panned. I imagine it got a forty eight on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a real low score. But I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Hey, but that doesn't mean. Uh, man. I mean, Crash got fifty percent, fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and you named off three or four Oscar awards it got. So yeah, uh, so for the budget of Snow White and the Huntsman is what it's called. It was one hundred and seventy million dollars. It was a big movie, big production. The box office, total box office, $396 million. That's a successful movie. It didn't do that bad. Yeah, it didn't do that bad. But it's. It it had a sequel. It had a sequel as well. Oh, wait, was that the one with what's her name? Um, uh, Uh, Kristen Stewart? No, not Kristen Stewart. Brad Pitt's ex wife. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I'm drawing a blank, man. What's her name? Uh, Angelina Jolie? Yeah, wasn't she in the sequel? What was that movie called where she was the mirror, mirror on the wall? Ooh. No, that was Maleficent. That was like a, that was a Dis, that was a Disney movie. This one, it wasn't a Disney movie. This was, uh, based off of like the actual story. Oh, okay. Yes, this wasn't made, this wasn't made by Disney. This was made by, uh, Raw Films, distributed by Universal. Is it PG-13? Yes, I believe so. I'm gonna check and then the sequel, the sequel was uh, actually a prequel. It was actually a prequel. It was just the Huntsman. It was about it was it was a Chris Hemsworth movie. For some reason, it's the Huntsman Winter's War is pretty good too. For some reason, I thought that the Huntsman when you said that was that one with Vin Diesel where he was like some Slayer guy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Awful movie. The sequel didn't do as well. I don't know what the sequel's Rotten Tomatoes score was. Oh, wow. The sequel's Rotten Tomatoes score was 16%. Which is actually a prequel. I heard. Oh, yeah, the prequel. 16%. God. That, that's nuts. I, and I don't think I've ever seen the sequel or a prequel, but it, yeah, 16% is real low. I like Chris Hemsworth, though, so I, you know. Like he was my favorite part of the Ghostbusters remake. He was funny. Yeah, we've talked about that. Dude, it's crazy that we've done so many episodes that we like. I've referenced like four previous episodes in this podcast. Shout out! I can't believe I can't believe the movie got a sixteen percent. I've never seen a sixteen percent on a movie. We'll have to look up at the end of the night before we're finished to see what the lowest rated movie is ever. Yeah, try to think of one in the back of my head while we do the rest of this. All right, continue with your list. Oh, speaking of that, so a buddy I work with, uh, Levine, shout out. He told me that a movie that he thinks really underrated is called Goon with Sean William Scott. 
I like Doom. I've never seen it, but it's got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's one of those, you know, Netflix-only kind of movies. But, dang, that's a pretty good score. Doom came out, what, 2011? 11 or 12. I don't know if it was a... I don't know if it was a Netflix only movie like the first one. I think it was like one of those straight to DVD movies though. That's a pretty good score. Yeah, but it was it was funny. It had uh, Sean William Scott in it, and it's kind of his kind of humor. But it also had Lee Schreiber in it, which I love Lee Schreiber. And it's got Jay Bruchel or however you say that guy's name. Yeah, that guy's annoying. I hate that guy's voice. <laughs> wow, you're really rude. <laughs> I hate that guy's voice. It's Schreiber, man. Jeez, super annoying. Okay, so what else you got? So play it on this me. one right here. I don't know what you. I have no idea what you're gonna say about this, but I think this movie is fucking hilarious. It's it's not reward worthy at all, but it's just a damn it. It's a funny movie. Just Friends, two thousand five. Ryan Reynolds and Chris uh, Chris Klein. Just Friends, huh? Forgiveness. Is more than saying sorry. Forgiveness. uh, No? When I moved into one of the first places I lived after I lived with my parents, I lived with my buddy Jake and my buddy Derek. And we didn't have cable for a little while for, I mean, I guess a few months when we first moved in. So I only had what DVDs I owned. And being someone that's like 18, (laughs) I didn't have like a stout DVD collection. And this it just ties into what I'm what what you're talking about. So my DVDs were Hitch, The Rundown, which I'm going to add the Rundown to underrated movies. And we'll Super talk about that a little later. But the third movie was Just Friends, and it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Dude, it's a 42 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't get it. It should be higher than that. Yeah, I can see why some people don't like it. It's it's silly, but it's so fun. It's Ryan Reynolds. Is it's like perfect Ryan Reynolds, dude. Like that, just Eric. yeah. Like the interaction between him and his brother. Anna Ferris is kind of annoying in it, but she's still funny. Yeah. Like she she plays that annoying character really well. Um, funny enough, Roger Cumble. The only other movie he's done that I really know about was Cruel Intentions. And before I say, I mean, I'll say this: that movie, Cruel Intentions. I remember watching that as a kid, like. That movie broke barriers, like when those two chicks kiss in the park. Like that was a yeah, big deal for TV. And I know I mentioned this last week in the episode, but that was kind of a. I probably shouldn't have seen that as a kid. These these two movies are basically those two movies are apart from each other. But I just wanted to touch on the director. But my favorite part of that movie is when Chris, what's his name, his last name Reynolds, Chris something, Brander, Brander, Chris Brander, he shows up in that. Uh, Porsche to pick her up and her dad's like hey Chris how'd you lose all that weight like that jackass on subway oh my god dude, that's my favorite fucking part of that <laughs> it's a good it's a good movie man I, I couldn't find the budget on it um, it got 9 million opening weekend it made 32 million USA and 50 million worldwide but this was when Ryan Reynolds, dude, I can't, I mean, he was just doing, he would do any movie. I mean, he's done a ton of movies like that. And you can, he was just doing comedies. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's a funny guy. Yeah. So he was just doing those B, B film comedies. I mean, they carried the cast list is pretty good. Chris Klein made a great bad guy. I thought that he was perfect in that movie. When JD smiles. I got to play Dusty. Yeah. Dusty Dinkelman. Yeah. God damn it. That movie's great. So 
Yeah, so I agree with you. I like that movie, and I, I, I do, I do say it's an underrated. I do say it's a B film, but I agree, it's it's one of my favorites. So real quick, um, not to keep talking about Ryan Reynolds, but this I just thought of this just came up. Um, he's in a movie called Buying the Cow in the late nineties with a uh, Buying the Cow. Buying the Cow. It's called. Folks, um, all I'm going to say is this. Um, what's that movie, Tomcats? What's that guy's name that's in it? In Tomcats? Tomcats. Tom no, I don't. They're brothers. Anyways. They're coming out of left field. Just look up Buying the Cow while, I, while we're going here. But Buying the Cow with Ryan Reynolds, it's like one of the first movies he was in after he got kind of popular on that Two Guys Are Growing a Pizza Parlor. Mm-hmm. Dude, this movie is fucking funny. I don't have any stats. Oh, Jerry O'Connell's in Yeah. I don't know what the Rotten Tomatoes is on it. I don't know how much money it made. I, I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes. And Alyssa Milano's in it. Yeah, what's the Rotten Tomato on it? It's got to be low. Uh, it doesn't even say. People, I'm telling you, go watch this movie. It's a 90s love comedy. doesn't even have a Rotten Tomato score. No, oh, here it is, Buying the Cow. Uh, yeah, no. It like even pulls up the old Rotten Tomatoes website. Jeez, so funny, dude! Please go watch that. Um. Anyways, back back to the list. Uh, yeah. What else we got? So this one, this is a good movie. Um, I didn't even. I remember when this came out. The trailer came out. I didn't even want to go see it because I thought it looked stupid. I finally watched it about two years ago. I just sat down and watched it. Amazing movie, Place Beyond the Pines. I've never heard of that either. You've never heard of Place Beyond the Pines? So the guy that directed mm-hmm. Darren Sia France, um, I don't, he, I tried to look up movies he's directed. I don't, nothing. I couldn't find anything. Ryan Gosling, Eva Mendez, Bradley Cooper, uh, Ray Liotta, Ben Mendelsohn, which Ben Mendelsohn, if you guys don't know who Ben Mendelsohn is, um, he's the bad guy in Rogue One that like takes, uh, what's her name? Um, that dude, that chick's dad. Um, he's also the dude in, um, Batman, the last one with Bane where he's like, and that whenever Bane like crushes his face, that's Mm -hmm. but this movie is basically, um, Ryan Gosling is a carny, like a trick. He's in the circus, but he's like rides these motorcycles in the balls, you know, and he meets Ava Mendez and falls in love with her. And he's just trying to provide for, I I just, I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to give anything away because this movie is. It's a great. It got an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're strongly recommending. It, I'm strongly recommending. Out of all of the movies that we've talked about, Layer Cake and Place Beyond the Pines so far are the two at the top of the list. Check this out. The budget was fifteen million, right? It made two hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars in opening weekend, and it wow. made, made twenty one million worldwide with an eighty percent. This movie didn't even make a make half, a quarter million dollars on opening weekend, and it and the cast: Ryan Gosling, even even Mendez, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I mean that. I've never heard of it, so I guess maybe the marketing wasn't good. Oh, dude, it it's eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes is to me is not fair. It should be at least a ninety. Great movie. Hmm. All right, what else you got? So this one is an Amazon movie that I discovered last year. Um, 
I never heard of it. I just happened to see a trailer. You know how Amazon will run trailers if you have Amazon Prime. I just saw it and was like, hey, that looks cool. So here's the I'm gonna give you the cast first. Brie Larson, Cillian Murphy, Army Hammer, Charto Copley. Um, Cillian Murphy plays Scarecrow in the first um Nolan trilogy. What else is he in? He's in a couple. I'm just trying to help people understand who Cillian Murphy is if you don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. He was in Dunkirk. Um, Army Hammer is. Um, Army Hammer was in. What was he in? He's the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. He's the Winklevoss. He's those twins from the Facebook movie. Um, Charto Copley is for the guy from District 9 and the A Team. So this movie's called Free Fire. It's. Dang, never heard of this one either. It takes place in the 70s. And the, basically, the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, has come to America. Two of their people are going to do a gun deal to get some guns so they can go back to Ireland and fight people. Well, Brie Larson and Army Hammer are the middle people. So they get into this big shootout in the middle of this warehouse. The movie takes place in this warehouse. So some people that I talked to that watched it were like, dude, that was a really good movie, but it was kind of weird that it took place in a warehouse. Some people liked it. They're like, I, I think it was cool that the whole movie was in this warehouse the whole time. Um, you got a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's kind of a low score, but again, it's just a movie. It's uh, Army Hammer is hilarious. Charto Copley, if so, you know him, is hilarious. So it's, um, a com- so it's a comedy. It's an action comedy. Okay. Budget was $7 million. It made nine hundred. It made $900,000 opening weekend, and it only made $1.7 million at the theaters in a limited release. I didn't even know it made it to the theater, so it had to be super limited. But Yikes. It, it's it's good. Webb watched it. I got Webb to finally watch it, and he was like, dude, that movie was really, really good. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yep. Yeah, I'm making a note of all these. I'll check them out, and then I can talk about how bad they are when I watch them. Yes. Uh, next, we got Chappie. 2015. Chappie was okay. Chappie was cool. But the story was just kind of underwhelming for me. Really? I thought it was just a good... I, thought, I mean, Neil Blomkamp... Um, if you don't know who that is, Elysium with Matt Damon, District Nine. I just talked about. It's the same guy, and it's literally he has the same universe. Like it's the same yeah, universe. You can tell. You can tell all his movies are about the same. Again, Charto Copley's portrayal as that robot Chappie was amazing. Huge. It was like I said, it was really cool. It was a cool movie, but I feel like the story was just underwhelming, man, for me personally. So I could see why. I mean, I, I'm sure it didn't do bad in Rotten Tomatoes. What was the score? Oh yeah, bad. Thirty three percent. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. 60 maybe, but I just feel like the story was underwhelming. It's a, I, it's a good, it's good. It's a really good sci-fi. Because I really liked District, I really liked District 9. I'm, I don't know how well District 9 did. Yeah, I don't either. I but I, 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 did, I and I liked Elysium. But there was just something lacking in the story for me personally. Um, I will say that that movie gave me some of my favorite artists in music now. Your favorite, Ninja and Lo- Yolandi Vesser. Yeah, I can't believe that you remember that. <laughs> There's a band called Die Antwoord. D-I-E space A-N-T-W-O-O-R-D. YouTube them. They're from South Africa. They're crazy. Your life will be changed. They're crazy looking. Yeah, they're crazy looking. Lex loves their music. They're okay. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. They're crazy. She's also- this one, I feel like she does all kinds of movies. She's like the Nicolas Cage of ladies. Well, she's a big sci-fi chick for sure. 
So the budget on this one was rough. Forty-nine million budget. It only made thirteen million open weekend. USA it made thirty-one million, but worldwide it made one hundred four. So I mean, it made it made its money. It a little more than its money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else you got? We got Tremors, nineteen ninety. Tremors. Is who's saying Tremors is a B film? I don't remember Tremors that well. I remember they made like eight of them, so it couldn't have been that bad. The original. Yeah, but you know what it is. You're saying the original Tremors was bad. No. It was a B film. I think so. Well, if it was underrated, why'd they make eight sequels? Because they were all the like sci-fi special, like TV special sequels. All of them? Not even the second one was an actual The first one, to my knowledge, to everything I looked up, the first one is the only one that was in theaters. That tells you anything. The director of the movie, um, Ron Underwood, he directed City Slickers. Um, I love that movie. He directed Pluto Nash. Remember that movie with Eddie Murphy? Yeah, that movie sucks. Yeah, it did suck. And then he did three agent, three episodes of Agents of Shield. But I mean, Tremors, I thought it was good. What did uh, What did Rod Tomatoes give? Eighty five percent. Eighty five is good. It had Kevin Bacon in it, and it had Fred Ward. I love Fred Ward. Michael Gross. Michael Gross. Um, AKA there's something about there's something about Fred Ward, man. He's one of my favorite. I think he's an underrated actor. Yes, he is. He's I getting, think he's hilarious, man. He's good. Tremors. Michael Gross or Gross? Everyone. They, they just made a Tremors movie. They made a 2018 Tremors movie. They're stupid. It's Bert. <laughs> Bert Gummer's son is um. Oh, what's his name? Not Seth Green, but the other one. I don't, I don't know. It's his son, and they like are in Africa hunting these things. Victor Wong's and then and the new one. Yeah, and the new one. It's like his son. They're in Antarctica. Wow. Yeah, it's called Tremors: A Cold Day in Hell. And before that's called Bloodline. I've watched them. Just I'm. <laughs> yeah, stupid. Yeah, you're right. The first installment of Tremors was followed by four direct-to-video sequels. Mm-hmm. The second one has Fred Ward in it, and it's pretty good. It's the second one's not bad, but after that, they just get really dumb. Really, I wonder what the process of making just straight to DVD movies was back then. Just they walk outside with a handheld camera and film everything in one shot. Well, I mean, like, I wonder where the choice is because, like, nowadays when they make movies, they just if something hits, they capitalize on it as much as possible, and they'll put a crap ton of money into the sequel. Or even if it's okay, like so Venom. I hate to bring it up again, but Venom did good. So even if the movie wasn't that good, they are automatically making a second one. Oh, I mean that's the Justice League. DC's doing this, doing that. But Disney didn't do that back in the day. Like Disney came out with their big movies, but then everything else went straight to DVD. Like Aladdin. A lot of people think that Aladdin Two: Return of Jafar came to theaters, but it, it never did. It was straight to DVD movie. I remember watching it on ABC one day. That's the first time I got to watch it. So it's like, what? And you can't tell me Aladdin wasn't a huge movie when it came out. Maybe it's just a budget thing. Maybe just the process back then of making those movies was just so. Yeah, and you know what I mean. I think it goes back to the animation thing. I don't think animation was looked at as a viable, you know, cash cow. Probably. And then now, yeah. after Pixar and Illumination and all these companies come out. Now everybody's making. I really think. I really think Toy Story changed the game. I think that was the movie that changed. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. 
it was it was way even though it it was right on time. I even think Toy Story was ahead of its time. It was. I watched a YouTube documentary about it. And I can't remember what channel. The sorry for whoever I watched that, and I'm not giving you the shout out. Shout out to you, anyways. Um, it was a really yeah. like it was a super advanced process. Like they were pushing computers to the edge of their capabilities at the time, you know, because that movie almost got deleted. Luckily, a lady had it on a phone. Yeah, but that movie really like they made so much money. You know, they were able to just like put money into the tech and just turn Pixar into what it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sorry to get off topic, but man, just the the way that animation was so underappreciated back then, and now it's just like think about how much money they could have made making Return of Jafar a big movie. I thought it was it went to theaters and only found out that it was straight to DVD. Yep. So I got I got two more, and I saved these. I said I wouldn't do them in order, but these are I saved these two for the end, um, just because I like them. Okay. So the first one, um, I'm going to tell you the director, tell you some of the movies he's been a part of and the actors, and then I'll tell you the name of the movie. Uh, Joe Carnahan, okay. The Gray, The A-Team. He was the writer for Bad Boys. He was the writer for Pride and Glory, which is a great, another really underrated cop movie. Um, he's the writer for the Uncharted, for the video game. PlayStation Drake's Uncharted, he's writing that movie. Okay. Um, the actors are Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta, Jeremy Pim- Piven, Ben Affleck, Peter Berg, Common, Andy Garcia, Chris Pine, Joel Egerton, and Jason Bateman. Oh, I know. What it's Smoke and Aces, 2006. Yeah. I love that movie. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score is? It made $17 million budget. It made $35 million USA, $53 million worldwide. I can see that being pretty low. Was it? Is it below yep. fifty? Wow! I wouldn't have called that. I would say twenty-nine percent. Twenty-nine. It was a fun movie. Now, now the story there was the story wasn't great. You know, there wasn't a lot of character development. It was a lot. It was fast-paced and it was fun. You didn't really need a. The story could be kind of confusing to someone that really pays attention to it, but you have to look well, at it like. For, take it for what it was. It was a fast-paced, funny movie. It looked like everyone actually enjoyed. I mean, it, was a, it was a it was a thriller mystery. Basically, Jeremy Piven's character, um, this mob, this mob boss puts a hit out on Jeremy Piven to kill him, and so they hire all these different assassins. So you got like seven or eight assassins, and some of them, like Chris Pine's character, his name is Darwin Trimmer. It's him and his two brothers. So you got all these assassins at Reno in Vegas or in Reno, Nevada, trying to kill this one dude. And then Ryan Reynolds is an FBI agent with Ray Liotta, and they're they're they've been following the gangster guy who put the hit out. So it's just like a cat and mouse. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's, it's way fun. I mean, it had a sequel. There was a sequel. Yeah, it's, it it was a DVD. It was it was it wasn't as good, but it was you know whatever. It might have been as good. I mean, if it got if it got that to me, score. to me that was Chris Pine. Chris Pine. His comedic, the two best comedic performances I've ever seen for Chris Pine is Stretch, which is that limo movie I was telling you about on Netflix. Um, Stretch and this movie. He is, there's a scene where he's on the parking garage roof. He's like escaped out of the, out of there. He has an interaction with another character. Um, oh my God. It's so, he's, he's freaking. 
I love Chris Pine. Dude, he is – he – I don't know why he doesn't do more comedy stuff. He is – He was in this movie that is an underrated – I don't even think it's underrated. It might be properly rated, but it's a B film. It was called Love and War with Tom Hardy. Oh, this means war. This means war. And they're they're best friends, and they both work for, like, the CIA, and they both fall in love with Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's I think that funny. movie is – hilarious and it has all the action in it and it Tom Hardy it was like one of the first Tom Hardy movies that I thought was funny like he usually plays like an action star he was like, or whatever but I, I thought it was great but I'm sure that I haven't even looked up the Rod Tomatoes score but I know it's a B film I, I think I saw it uh, as like a crap on a crappy film website and I was like what I love that movie just I guess it's all personal preference so what's your okay so movie? this movie this is this could be my most this could be my favorite movie of all time it's my top five for sure wow um i've talked to a lot of people when i talk about movies with people this movie i can tell you if you've ever had a conversation with me about movies this movie will get brought up it will get brought up every time i think this is the comedy wise this is the funniest movie out there and murph's personal opinion you need to go see this movie if you want to watch the funniest comedy. I even wrote out a little um, synopsis. This is the only one out of all the movies I did notes on that I wrote it out. Um, the movie's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay, and I don't know. So I personally don't think that it's an underrated B film, but I guess after I looked into it, I, I guess that I can say it's a B okay. film. But for me, it's not because I've loved that movie forever. And like most of my friends also love that movie. And so everyone in my circle has always talked about that movie. And we've always, we've watched it together a hundred times. So I guess in my head, I don't see, and it's an older movie. So I yeah. guess I don't see it as like, you know, I don't do the research on what it came out with. So I guess at the it's time, almost, you're going to drop it. It's 15 on. years old. And side note, I've got this movie on DVD yeah. and White Man, you fucking borrowed it from me one time. And you have to give it back, dude. So we're gonna need, we're oh, gonna wow. need that movie back. Yeah, he hadn't he hadn't heard about it before you let him buy right. it, right? So this all right, give us your is a neo noir black comedy about a small time crook entangled in a murder mystery with his high school dream girl. That's pretty professional sounding, huh? I came up with that on my own. No, you didn't. I read the same <sighs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I read it on my blog. So basically, it's Robert Downey Jr. And Val Kilmer. Now, um, this movie, Val Kilmer has talked about this movie is what got him the role as Iron Man because he had just gotten out of prison. He had just gotten out of rehab from cleanup because um, he had a little nose candy addiction problem. So, this movie was right when he was getting back into it. He is a small time crook in New York City. Um, he's during a robbery. He gets he walks into a Hollywood edition, and his emotions are upset because his his criminal his criminal buddy got shot during the criminal thing. Well, he's he's talking about his emotions and they're asking him questions and he doesn't realize he's sitting in on an interview for a movie. So they take him out to L.A. where he's going to be an investigator and they team him up with Val Kilmer, who is a private investigator named Gay Perry. And they are the that them two is a on scene or on screen duo. The comedy is amazing. The director is Shane Black. Um, we know who Shane Black is. He did the uh, he was in the original Predator. He's like the skinny, regular dude. Like he's the normal sized guy that gets killed first. 
Um, he also wrote and directed the new Predator movie. He directed the movie called Nice Guys, which is basically to me is a is the it is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang just in a different setting. Iron Man three. He wrote the scripts for. I wouldn't tell. I wouldn't tell anybody about that Iron Man. He wrote the scripts for Long Kiss Goodnight, Lethal Weapons, all four of them. Last Action. He made this. He made this great movie that I love. That might be a B film. It's called yeah. The Last Boy Scout, with uh, uh, Damon Wayne and Bruce Willis. I love that movie. What if it's that guy saying when he runs that touchdown in? Because he remember he pulls the gun out at the beginning scene and he. And last and last Boy Scout, at the very beginning, it's a football game in the in the rain, and the running back pulls a gun out and starts shooting people. And he gets <laughs> yeah. in the end zone, and he goes, "Ain't that a bitch?" and shoots himself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he did Last Action Hero too. That's a good one. It's a good Arnold movie. But check this out, dude. Box or budget fifteen million. It made a hundred and eighty thousand dollars on limited release opening weekend. And it only it made four million dollars world or USA, and it's eighty five percent. My favorite line. I mean, I don't think that's the. I don't think that's the worst. Maybe so they didn't make that much money. Is that what? Is that what makes it? I don't know. Just nobody's really. Like what? What are you? What's your criteria for making it a B film? Because that's not a bad Rotten Tomato score. I mean, but it didn't perform well at the box office. So you're saying that's why it's a B film because the I mean people have seen it now, but I bet you the Rotten Tomato score wasn't 85 yeah. when it first came out. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'd have to try to figure it out. That I don't mean? know. But yeah. I mean, just if you're out there, you know what? This is this would be a good one, folks listening. Hit us up on our Twitter, our twat at us at Wednesday Pool. Is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang underrated or is it properly rated? I mean, I just. Have you seen it? Let us know if you've seen it. A lot of people haven't even seen it. And if you haven't seen it, run. I wouldn't say a lot of people have Go watch this movie right now. It will be that you will. But I mean, it goes, I mean, like I said, it plays in like the people, like we have different circles of friends, even though we have some of the same friends. Like a lot of people that you know haven't seen it, but a lot of people I have known that has seen it. So, I mean, I guess it just depends on. You know, you're, you're there's a guy I work with. I've been trying to, t- I've been telling him for four years now he needs to watch this movie and he hadn't watched it yet. But oh, I got it on it's, DVD, man. It's right up there. With oh, it is an amazing movie. My favorite line in the whole movie is Val Kilmer after something stupid happens. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of bumbling, he's kind of a bumbling idiot, but he's hilarious. Typical, I mean, yeah, he plays if really you watch well. it now, it's like, dude, it's Tony Stark, like that's kind of how you, you know what I mean, but not successful like a broke tony stark yeah he does something stupid and robert downey or val Kimmer goes you know what happened if you look up the definition of idiot and robert downey jr goes you'd see a picture of me next to it and val Kimmer goes no you'd see the definition of idiot which you fucking are oh my god dude it's <laughs> it's an excellent movie so out of all these movies um you need to watch all of them if you haven't seen them but start with kiss kiss bang bang and I promise. Yeah, I agree. If you haven't seen that, you're 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 a loon. What, a is movie. it in your top ten? Is Kiss Kiss? But yeah, it's definitely top five. Top uh, maybe. Okay, how about this? Just pure comedy movies. 
just comedy movies in yeah. top five. Yeah, it would be fine. I mean, don't you think Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. They just had a they had their chemistry was amazing. Like I don't. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of both of theirs. Like I was even a big fan of Robert Downey Jr.'s back in the day. He made this little movie called Heart mm-hmm. and Soul. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I watched it hundreds of times. I just I liked Robert Downey Jr. Even I didn't as a kid I didn't know he was like, you know, breaking into people's houses in their underwear and doing drugs. I didn't know he was yeah. doing that. You just don't know. And then he's a he's a great actor. I mean, he is. And so that movie to me, yeah, it would definitely be my top five comedies of all time. Such a great movie. It's great. So instead of uh, that was a great list, Murph. It, was, it really was. There's some movies on there that I'm gonna actually uh, check out. But in lieu of doing a uh, an actual poll list, which I haven't done in a while, there's a reason. I got a I got a formula that I'm going to set up starting. I guess it wouldn't be next week for this, but it'd be a, the following week. Uh, starting then, I'm going to do my my most the book that I'm most excited for each week from the big names, and then I'm going to direct everyone to the uh, to our YouTube channel, which I'm going to do a full review on the Wednesday pull list books. So it'll actually be a, you know content for our YouTube channel. But I'm going to end this episode. Rattling off the the top, I mean, it's like twenty movies, so bear with me. But it's twenty movies that received a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You ready oh. for this? It's a movie called Staying Alive. Came out in nineteen eighty three. Jaws: The Revenge. What? Zero percent. Zero percent on Rotten. Tomatoes. I have a soft spot for the Jaws movies, but whatever. This stupid. Police Academy 4. I don't even remember that one. Me either. Mac and Me. Don't know what that is. 0%. Highlander 2. The Quickening. I saw that. I wouldn't give it a 0. Definitely wasn't good. Return to the Blue Lagoon. 1991. That wasn't bad. This one I was surprised to see. Look Who's Talking Now. It was, I think, the third one in the Look Who's Talking series. Which is definitely not the best one out of all of them, but zero percent. Oh, I don't know. Low down, low down, dirty what? shame. Which was a low good down, movie. dirty shame is a zero. Is <laughs> a really good. That's movie. the oldest Wayne's brother. And what's her name's in it? Will Smith's wife. Jada yeah, Pinkett, Jada yeah. Pinkett's in it. Wagons East. I I've never heard of it. John Goodman's in that. Oh, yeah, John Good. No, no, no. Uh, John Candy's John in it. Yeah, I have seen this. John Candy's in it. And then uh, Richard Lewis. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I thought it was a good movie. It's a funny movie. I mean, it's nothing special, but it's not a zero. Shadow Conspiracy with Char- Charlie Sheen and Linda Hamilton. Political Theory that came out in 1997. Never saw it. Got a zero. Yep. Three Strikes, a movie that came out. It's like a, it's like a straight to DVD comedy directed at like black people. I love that movie. I remember seeing it as a kid. It's hilarious. Zero percent. Never. Ballistic, ballistic. X versus Seven. It was a action action thriller that came out in two thousand two with Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu. I thought the movie. Yeah, that movie wasn't bad. Zero. That's stupid. 
derailed. John Claude Van Damme movie. All his movies are zero. Oh, okay, not yeah, Donkey Kong. Donkey was good. Just kidding. And then Universal Soldier. Those yeah, good I'm just kidding. Killing Me Softly. It was a British film. Uh, it was a British erotic film. The American one's good with Brad Pitt. Uh, Killing Them Softly. That one's not bad. Yeah, I think that's a B film though. I think I think that got panned by critics. But I what like that movie. Pinocchio. Uh, I guess it was a it was a live action movie that came out. It was an Italian movie. Never seen it. National Lampoon's Gold Diggers came out in 2003. Uh, yeah. Yeah, never seen it. That was that. about the time all those types of movies were like not funny anymore. So it's probably a yeah. good place for it. Baby Geniuses 2, Super Babies, zero. <laughs> uh, one Missed Call, never saw that. It's a horror movie, zero percent. Uh, I'm, I'm skipping some of these. I'll, I'll definitely, they're like, uh, films from overseas that I've, I know I've never seen. Yeah, well, there's like some Italian movies, some French movies. Uh, Stolen, a 2009 drama with Josh Lucas. The Italian's down. Never seen it. No. Transylvania. Never saw it. It's one of those straight-to-DVD movies. Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. It was an Adam Sandler movie with Nick Swardson was the main character. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember seeing, like, the trailers and everything for that. God, Adam Sandler is all he, he is. Him and Nick Cage are, like, the same guy now. He puts them out, man. But except, no, there's a big difference. Adam Sandler makes millions of dollars. Nick Cage makes, like, $100,000 checks. Those checks are way different. I don't see how... He, Nick Adam Sandler made like a he made like a stupid multi million dollar deal with Netflix to only put out his movies on Netflix. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I don't see how like a ridiculous. he makes <laughs> movies are awful. Okay, uh, Dark Tide, a Halle Berry movie, came out in 2012. She's a shark expert. Never seen it. The Ridiculous Six, another Adam that Sandler terrible. movie. Zero percent. I can see that. That was a tough movie to watch. Now, see, this one I like. It's called Cabin Fever. It's a B-film. Uh, it's really cheesy, and it's real. I like, like, B-film horror movies yeah, they, because they're so bad. I, I really They did a remake this. on this one. What year was this one? Uh, Cabin Fever came out in 2016. Is this the one? So, I like 2000. I like the 2002. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah that one's good. And because it was kind of a – it was like a horror comedy. Yeah. Directed by Eli Roth. And that one, I think, did pretty well. It had Corey Matthews. No, not Corey Matthews. It had Corey's friend, Sean, from Boy Meets World, was the main character. Yeah. You weren't a Boy Meets World fan? Yeah, I was. Kevin Fever, 0%. Dark Crimes. Uh, Jim Carrey. It was like a detective drama that he was the star I wanted to see that. It just came out, didn't it? He's in, like, Sweden. Came out in 2016, 0%. Damn, really? I'm glad I didn't. The Disappointments Room. Uh, scary movie, never saw it. Kate Beckinsale's in it. She's hot, but it got a zero. Max Steel, which I thought it was going to be pretty good. My son watches this Max Steel cartoon, but they made a live-action one in 2016, 0%. Did you watch it? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I think he watched I think like 
it was in the background when I was, you know, doing whatever I do, and he was watching it. I'm sure he liked it. He's a fucking kid. <laughs> uh, Precious Cargo, a movie that came out in 2016. It had Zach Morris was the main character. Oh, that's a it's he a com- main character, but the actor. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Zero percent. Oh, wow. And the last one on my list is a movie. It's a biographical crime drama called Gotti. It came out last year, and uh, my boy John Travolta was was the main character in that, or he was the main actor, and he. Uh, it got zero. I was really looking forward to seeing that too. Like, and then I saw that it got. I remember it got a really bad score, so I just didn't watch it. But the the first movie on the on the list that I just named off was Staying Alive, and I said I'd never seen it, but it was actually, I remember what it is now, it was a sequel to John Travolta's uh, first movie, which was Saturday Night Fever. This was a sequel to that, and it got a zero. He's in a really good underrated movie called Michael. Was that where he's yeah. an angel? I don't think that's underrated, man. I think in the 90s, I think it had to do pretty well. Dude, the part where he runs out there and headbutts that bull... That's a John Travolta movie. 90s, he was like king. It's really funny, dude. Face off. Rotten Tomatoes started August 1998. That's another fact that I meant to drop earlier, but we just didn't. Hey, man, I'm supposed to drop all the facts. Like, Okay. No. But, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I think that's going to do it. Murph, you got anything? Uh, can I say what we say right here at this point? What do, what do we say? Well, folks, we are circling the drain. Who do I sound like? <laughs> is that what I sound yeah. like? Somebody I don't think so. But we definitely were circling. Hey, at Sloan Dog Millionaire, I was talking to him on PSN Network the other day, and uh, he was like, Can you hear me? Because I was turning my new mic on, and as soon as I turned it on, he goes, We are live, dude. We're getting, I mean, I'm just saying, man, it's, it's spreading. Well, I guess that's good, but we are circling the drain now. Yes. And. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. Murph, what's next week's topic? You got you know what I'm uh is next week Nick's Nick Nick Cage? Or is it underrated TV shows? It might be Nick Cage. We have a whole episode devoted to our man Nick Cage. Let's just do that okay. next week. Nick Cage. That'll be uh that'll be interesting. Hope we don't get that'll be a good one. I love Nick Cage. I got some Nick Cage facts. I'm gonna do my research this time too. So I'm gonna show you God does exist. Okay. Nope. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next time. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a ton of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I edit? How do I get my show on all the podcasting apps? Well, the answer to all of these questions is pretty simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Simon and I love Anchor. Honestly, we record, we drop it in Anchor, and it's automatically distributed out to our community. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start, and I can't wait to hear your podcast. I just want to take a second to thank everybody for stopping by for another episode of the Wednesday Pull List. If you enjoyed this episode, share it around. Send it to your mom, your grandma, 
your grandma's cousin, your girlfriend, her dad. He's going to love it. Leave a review. Subscribe on any platform that we're on or that you're using. I really appreciate it, guys, and I hope to see you next time.